This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Jeffrey the Greek from Eyes on the Big Podcast will join us a bit later to break down the upcoming Iowa game. But first, I hate to do it, guys, but we got to do it. Got to talk about that humiliating 41-23 home loss to Illinois this past weekend. Now, this is a game that created a shitload of questions about the state of the program under Frost right now. Uh, if we were go- going to go with that old... Uh, game recap format of the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, that stuff that we used to do. This game, we would just have to skip the good. Uh, There wasn't a lot of good or any good in this game. Uh, I think this game, this was the equivalent of Mike Riley's Northern Illinois moment in 2017. This game here at Illinois, we're 16 and a half point favorites at kickoff, and we end up losing by 18. Tyler, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go two different ways on that one. Um, one, you talk about the Northern Illinois game. Well, if you want to make this even worse, we were only 11-point favorites in that game. Oh, wow. And we lost. Um, you know, you know I, I was trying to look back at the worst losses in recent Nebraska history. Um, this is by far the, the, the lowest moment of the Scott Frost era. I'd have to go back to the 2018 Minnesota game. And I don't know if you guys remember, that was Mike Riley's second-to-last game. Uh, Minnesota ended up having a losing record that year, and we ended up losing by 30-some points to Minnesota. I mean, it was an embarrassing loss. Um, We gave up. We had given up. The the season was over at that point. Um, What I will say, and and I guess to give a little bit of hope after that, the one thing under the Scott Frost regime so far has been— after our worst losses, we've always showed up the next game, whether that be a victory um, or just a very competitive game. So Scott has done a really good job of keeping the team engaged, and that's why I don't compare this to Northern Illinois because when that game happened, I think the, the wheels fell off the bus early. I, I don't think that's going to happen to Scott. I'm going to disagree with you on the worst loss, even the Scott Frost era. Uh, I, I'm reminded of Michigan. 2018. I'm reminded of Troy, 2018. Uh, Minnesota last year. Like there, there were games I think that were much worse than this game. I think the problem with this game is we all expected more. We all, we all thought we were going to win fairly big, and it to lose as big as we did made it hurt. But I don't think this is the worst performance we've had just judging off a few of the games I just mentioned. Well, we, you know, this was a game where, I mean, 16.5 point favorites at kickoff, and all of us just envisioned Nebraska just going away. We had better athletes in this game. Uh, you could argue that we had momentum. Illinois, they were coming off of a win against Ruggers also. Uh, you heard what you know was being said uh, by Scott Frost and the coaches. You know, we knew that it wasn't a turning point. Uh, but, you know, headed into the week, but it was something to build upon. And for wait, ev- wait. everything that they built upon, it just didn't happen. I mean, there was nothing in this game that looked good. It, it wasn't like, 
you know, only the offense didn't show up or the defense just didn't show up or special teams. It was all three phases of the game. And that's that's probably the most discouraging part. Go ahead. Well, Justin, on that point, you, you talked about what Nebraska versus Illinois. And I think, you know, in, in Nebraska's eyes, what we were at is, man, after we beat Penn State, which was a game that was kind of split going into it, we were underdogs heading into that game. Um, it was kind of split if we would actually beat them. Uh, you know, we were thinking, we got through Penn State. Man, this second half of the schedule looks good. Yeah. But I think even on this podcast, we all were a little apprehensive to believe that Nebraska was going to blow out Illinois. I mean, I don't know if any of us had us covering the spread. Maybe Derek did. Um, but but we all thought that. And then I, I can remember a text message I sent you guys before the game. When I heard Dedrick Mills and Ronald Tompkins were out, uh, I was like, well, how many carries is Luke McCaffrey going to have? And how right. many passes is he going to have? And, you know, don't want to... Bl- I, I, I know Luke's been taking a lot of shit. And we might talk about that in a second. But, like, I I knew it was all going to come on his shoulders. And I'm thinking to myself, well, God, I think Illinois can score some points. Man, this this might be a little bit of a... A little bit of a... Uh, like a little closer game than we even even I thought would it be in a two touchdown game and it wasn't it wasn't a close game Illinois just took us by in the woodshed so let me ask you this Tyler because last week you were throwing a fit about how many times we ran Wondell Robinson in the Penn State game I personally think we should have ran him a lot more in this game because we didn't run him very many times well I think that's the right I mean well I think that's ultimately a good thing um for the sake of Wondell I don't. I, I think he is a playmaker that might have been able to give the offense a little bit of a spark, and it, they didn't give him the ball much. I mean, the, the, the problem with this game, it, it, Luke McCaffrey has taken a lot of shit, and I, I, and I know we're going to probably talk about that, but the, where we lost this game was offensive line. Illinois, besides Minnesota, probably has the worst defense in the Big Ten. Okay. There, there might be a couple teams there, but Illinois' defense is terrible. Our offensive line should have allowed Scott or Ramir Johnson to run the ball. It, they didn't. I mean, they just they did not win the battle up front. Everything else that happened is because of that. Derek, you were uh, talking about Wandale Robinson, and what, what do you have? He had eight rushes and eight uh, catches. Is that right in this game? I, I'm, I I'm so. not even real sure. I didn't look really closely at the stats. I was so disappointed but, in this game. I, I guess, but, the, I guess the point is, I don't think you can run Wandale Robinson a whole bunch of times. You know, it's it's not, damn sure not like uh, Luke McCaffrey. Well, may, maybe quit throwing him the screen passes and let him just run the ball. Then, well, I don't. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know if that dude should be carrying the ball as a running back that many times, especially up well, the middle. He's going to no get different. hurt. We're going to be screwed. Well. But I mean, the, the screen pass is just a another running play. Yeah, but it, it you know the point is to get him out into space and let him do use his athleticism to make plays, and that's where he should be doing it, not running up Our the gut. Our perimeter blocking is not good enough to do that, so he's just getting hit anyway. Well, it, it's it's safer out there than it is running up in between uh, those uh, in the trenches. I think you got to use those running backs, the guys that were actually recruited to play running back to come in and do. That's my thought. And it did hurt having not having Mills and Ronald Tompkins out there, but 
for the staff not to even commit to another running back essentially is just it's 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 odd quite odd Good. Well, i mean they're all freshmen i mean and, and that's a problem in this offense right now and i i, I know it's just it's excuse sounds like an excuse but we just have way too many damn freshmen on. And, and for three for year three yeah. we have way too many freshmen on this fucking offense it's just well, it's pathetic that we have what three wide receivers two three wide receivers at any given time playing that are freshmen uh, if we bring a running back in right now with, with Mills out, he's a freshman. Our quarterback was a freshman. We got freshmen on the offensive line. Uh, we we just have way too many young kids on this offensive on on this offense. And, and, and Nebraska fans, we're getting what we asked for. Like we've seen all the white guys, quote unquote, out there in the wide receiver core, and we were going, "Geez, get the playmakers out there, get these young kids out there, and let them play." Well, they're out there playing, and I, they're struggling. Well, they're struggling, Derek, but it's because we're not getting him the ball. I mean, our quarterback play this season has been bad. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. I'm surprised that we're, you know, nine minutes into this podcast and you guys haven't attacked me on uh, Luke McCaffrey yet since I've been the biggest Luke McCaffrey supporter here. Well, I but Justin, I will say, like, I get it. He played a terrible game. The coaches should have rotated Martinez in. I've been saying for a couple weeks now they need to be a dual quarterback system. I still think it's it. I saw a poll out there after the Northwestern game. 80-some percent of fans wanted Luke McCaffrey to start. Now everyone wants Adrian Martinez back. The answer is a dual quarterback. That's what needs to happen. Keep those guys' legs fresh because ultimately they're both wildcat quarterbacks at this point anyway. Yeah, Luke McCaffrey, 26 runs. 20 in the first half. Yeah. Like... I mean, I, I get it. He passed terribly. I mean, his reads, but I mean, I mean, can you imagine though? Like, I, I, I could take the, this, the Adrian Martinez factor out because I think that everyone knows he's in the background and that kind of puts pressure. But like, if when Adrian was a freshman, if he would have carried the ball 26 times, like, and had to throw it. Like, people, coaches would have been all over Frost. Like, protect the young guy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they just threw Luke and said, hey, go win us this game, boy. And <laughs> how, there was... How much more can you simplify an offense when all you do is run the quarterback? <laughs> because But it brings me back to my point that I've been making for the last, well, every game so far this season, that we it's not a quarterback problem. Everybody wants to blame the quarterback. And Justin... You're one of them. You're, you always want to blame the quarterback. We don't have a quarterback problem. We have a personnel problem outside of quarterback. We, we do, we, but we, we do have a quarterback have problem because we do not have a quarterback on this team. Like the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. We don't have any quarterbacks on this team. I don't no, None of those guys are good enough right now to lead this offense to where we need to go. Those it's, I, I don't just know if I agree. There. We we don't have any playmakers. Well, and the ones that we have are all too young, and it just it sucks. But. It starts with throwing the ball. You can't open up that run unless you have some sort of threat throwing the ball. And out of the both quarterbacks, we do not have that. Adrian Martinez is probably a little bit better, but we've seen what he's done. You know, he was two and eight in his last start, or two and six in his last starts, with uh, three touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's not that guy, Luke McCaffrey. Maybe he gets there one day, but, you know, Tyler, you said it best uh, after the game. He was like, he's just not ready to be the starter, and he's not. 
neither quarterback is good enough throwers to even open up that offense one bit. Mario Verduzco, I don't know what that dude's teaching these quarterbacks, but it seems like both quarterbacks have gotten worse the more that they listen to Mario Verduzco. I is that harsh? I don't know how you could. I yeah, it's harsh because we really don't know what we're ever getting out of out of McCaffrey. Well, so I don't know how you, I don't know how you can sit here and say he's gotten worse. Adrian Martinez he's had has. Star, he's had he's had what two one start like. But you no, know, but you're saying both quarterbacks have just been terrible and they've just both taken steps back. Well, I mean, maybe maybe you could say that about may- Adrian Martinez. You can't say that about McCaffrey because we, we don't know what we were getting out of McCaffrey to begin to begin with. I thought, well, you know, maybe this is just me. You're just drinking the Kool Aid there, but you know, after last year, I thought I thought there was plenty of opportunities to. I, I I liked Luke McCaffrey's play enough last year to where I thought that he should be starting or getting more playing time last year. Headed into this year, I I thought there was a great case that he should be getting snaps at quarterback. And then all of a sudden we see this, and it's just I, I don't know what's going on in that quarterback room. I really don't. The because both quarterbacks they do not know how to find a receiver fifteen yards down down the field. It's consistent. I mean, well, McCaffrey found one of them, and, they, and when Wondell Robinson was wide open, but he decided to throw it out of bounds five yards. Okay, that, that's fine. I mean, point. yeah, we, we can we can talk about bad throws all day long, but that's the problem. That is the problem. There's no downfield threat. And it's... Again, I think the Adrian Martinez awful play that people have made out to be, I think it's been overstated. Luke McCaffrey was bad on Saturday. But, but, he, I, I think you have a, still a small enough sample size with him that, I, I again, I'm not ready to... The, take the baby out with the bathwater on this one like let, let's let's keep him let's keep his spirits up let's keep him in the game again justin you're right we don't we derek i mean everyone's saying our passing game like i'm not saying we won't get better as the season progresses we still have three games left we can get better um iowa's gonna be tough this weekend but purdue minnesota both of them we should be able to get the ball in the air like we could progress but Guys, we're we're not we're never going to be the greatest show on turf. Like we're not being uh, the Rams. We're not having uh, Patrick Mahomes come through this team right now and lighting the world up passing. What oh, this offense no. needs to be is a quarterback run offense, and we need both of those guys' legs fresh. Because when you look at when we've been the best, it's been there. And why after Ohio State we have not seen both of those athletes on the field at the same time? is beyond me. I'll agree with that. And I, and I will also say this, like throughout this year, I think Nebraska has played. Oh, I mean, offensively we're, we've been mediocre. Uh, but again, I think a lot of that has to do with having five, six, seven freshmen on the field at any given time. Uh, defensively, we looked pretty good in most of the games up until this game. I don't know what happened in this game. I, I'm I'm going to take uh, what Scott Frost said and run with it a little bit and the fact that I think some of these young kids won a game against Penn State, thought it was a big game, and took it too easy and decided, hey, we got the shit fixed and we're going to go now. And then came in and got, their, got punched in the mouth and decided, oh, well, I guess we didn't fix everything. Maybe we should have worked a little harder. 
And, and the players are saying that even. Like, we should have worked harder during practice. I think they all came up with this attitude that they were going to beat Illinois and it wasn't going to be an issue. And I it proved them wrong. So Scott well, Frost isn't building culture still in year three? There's still not that no. culture? All right, let's not go down that path. We, we have a long season to talk about that. But I, what I want to say about um, the defense, and what I want to talk about this game in general, college football is a funny game where momentum is a really big deal. And what happened is I, uh, Illinois took momentum right away from that game, from that really terrible call and bad decision by Luke McCaffrey. They took momentum, and every opportunity Nebraska had to regain momentum like, we just didn't seize the opportunity, whether it be that three and out in the second half that they get the fake punt, whether it be them fumbling the kickoff after we just score a touchdown and we don't get it. Um, whether I mean, every chance Nebraska had to regain control of the momentum of that game, we failed to do it, and that is uh, ultimately why we lost. And it started at the beginning when we had the what should have been an illegal forward pass turned into a fumble, and... Look, the the defense came out and did nothing after that. I don't know why they weren't prepared to go on the field yet, but they weren't, and they and they showed it. And I like like I said, they got punched in the mouth and they had no answer for it. And, and there's kudos to Illinois out there, guys. I, and I I know Illinois is not a good team. They're not a great team, but that offense, I do think their offense is underrated. I think their I, offense I, I, is dangerous. I, I think that I think this is what happened myself. I think Illinois came in with the thought that this was their last chance to win a game this year, and Nebraska came in with the attitude that they were just going to beat them, and that was what happened. And Illinois came in more prepared and more ready and uh, more motivated than what Nebraska did. Well, our, our guest on for the Iowa game, they talked about this last week on their podcast. Um, they talk about ump two. What 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 team wanted it more? And I'll tell you, watching that game, there was no doubt which team wanted it more. Illinois wanted it a hell of a lot more than Nebraska did. Yeah. Um, and, and and look, it's not over the top. You can't just flip your hat backwards and call it a switch and go. Oh, we turned it on. It's not how football works. <laughs> it's not a Sylvester Stallone over the top moment where you just <laughs> flip it around. I mean, come on, yeah, man. I mean, it's. it's that's not what it is. That's not how football works, though. Like, you can't just go to halftime and go, oh, well, let's start trying. Like, it doesn't work that way. It'd be a lot cooler if it was. You know, you got third down and one. <laughs> you just go around, just turn your hat around. It's like, okay, I'm going to get that first down. Hey, you, you said there was no positives. We scored our first second half points of the season. We did. Yeah. And, and, and I First touchdown. First, oh, first touchdown we, in the second half. We, yeah. we could score one field goal a game. <laughs> Did we score two touchdowns in the second half? No, I thought Adrian led us to a touchdown. He did. Yeah, that was so the only Luke one. Ad- no, Adrian. Uh, Luke scored the first series of the second half that he had the ball. Was I that we drunk? Two- was I that drunk? I I honestly think the second half was actually a pretty close game. Ah. Uh. I think we were all drunk. At, at, at any rate, there oh, we did, we did. It was, You're right. it was You're just right. a game. I'm sorry. At the end of the, at the, at the, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it was a game that Nebraska could do nothing right and Illinois could do nothing wrong. Penalties came back and kicked us in the ass in this game. Like we we looked to have cleared, cleaned things up against Penn State. Nah, not so much. 
Like, just everything, everything that could go wrong went wrong. So and, on, on their punt return, or their, uh, I guess, fake punt, if you want to call it that, where the punter decided to run the ball and stop for lunch, how, how hard were you yelling at your TV to get him? Get him, get him. I mean, that... That play was so funny. I was like laughing while I was saying, get him. I didn't know what he was doing. I wasn't even yelling, get him, because there was nobody to get him. Everybody went downfield to block. They had plenty of time to get to him, though. And and this is why, as a special teams unit, it drives me nuts that we never go after a punt. Like, if you at least send a guy or two, like, just keep somebody there. But we, we did. We sent, I think there was maybe two guys that were still on a line of scrimmage after like when they thought he was going to punt, everybody else went back to block. That's that. There was nobody within 10 yards of it. And he said, Oh, Hey, Jonathan Rutledge first downs right there. I can get it. I can get her. I can get her. Hey, I know you're going to blame Jonathan Rutledge. Remember, we already talked about this. His it's, it's always in year two where you start seeing a lot of, a lot of uh, improvement from his special teams. Well, that's a big learning so, moment for so, him. <laughs> it was a big learning moment for everybody, I think. But but that play right there, I mean, again, if if that doesn't happen, does Nebraska gain control of the momentum in the second half? Do we mount a comeback? I don't know. I, I'll t- I'll t- I will tell you this. The defense was pretty pumped up to stop him on that three and out. And when they had to come right back on the field because they faked that punt, that defense did not look like they were happy to be back on the field. Yeah. No, it, 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 and again, so the question now goes to, and we'll talk about this with the Iowa game, but I think from this point here, Derek, maybe you disagree on the lowest point of the Scott Frost era. I think this is the worst moment. Like, can Scott rally the troops, which is something he has done all the time? Is this a one-game snapshot of the Huskers, or is this an indictment of where the program is at? And I think we'll find out a lot Saturday about or Friday, but that that is the question right now is like because that was bad and was it just a really bad Saturday for the Huskers or is that where we are as a team? Can and you I don't fi- know that. Either. Can you fix all those mistakes on a short week? I mean, everything that we saw is that fixable in one week? What well, What do you guys think? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I don't think our passing game is going to light it up anytime soon. I think some of those are just systematic, where we are, what the plays are being called. Derek talked about wide receiver. I think all, some of that's just where we are. Um, but I think that if you look at the larger, like, this offensive line can get better. This defense has played better this year. Like, I, I just, I think there there is... I don't know. There, there's, there's days ahead that I think that are brighter, and I think we'll see them this season. You know what my fear is? You, you see a lot of the chatter. You know, after losses like this, everybody wants to fire the head coach, right? Scott Frost isn't going anywhere. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be here for you know at least a couple more years. You know, Derek, you think year five? You know, got to see something by year five, and that's possible. So. I think this is just the type of thing that we're just going to have to accept. This is the type of football that we just have to accept as fans. If you expect too much, we're going to go mad, kind of like what we did against Illinois. But if you accept this is, we're just going to be 
a dwindling team like this. And I think it'll be easier. It's no, I I, and I, I disagree. And I think if that's what you're going to expect, if you're telling me that's what I need to expect, then I'm just going to quit being a fan. I'm just going to be quit. quit. And if I'm not a Husker fan, I'm not going to be a college football fan. Well, you just have to accept. We're not seeing any progress. There's, we're not seeing progress in year three. Sure, we got three games left to see what it is, but the sample size sample size is not looking good. That we're going to see much progress, and so this is just something that we'll just have to expect. There's a good chance that we go one and six in this regular season, and you know, maybe two and five, but we just have to accept this. And maybe by year five. We hope to see some progress, but I, I never... Th- such a Debbie Downer. You're such a Debbie hey. Downer. I mean, how often... Again. We've been expecting... I mean, how since we've been in the Big Ten, we're 36 and 35 overall, just barely. And next, this week, we're probably going to be 500, and it's just going to keep getting down. You know, we have 10 wins in the Big Ten over the last four years. Ten wins in the Big Ten. Not acceptable. Not acceptable, but, but again... I, I, and there's not a lot out there to hang your hat on to think that, hey, there's sunnier days ahead. I, again, it's just so hard because you watch the first three games of the year. Okay, Ohio State, 35-point loss, all that stuff. I, I get it. It wasn't great, but we looked good for a half. I think most of the consensus was we looked better. Northwestern. Northwestern is a top 10 team, undefeated, just took Wisconsin behind the woodshed. We played, we played Northwestern tougher than Wisconsin did. We beat Penn State. Okay? Say what you will about that, but we beat Penn State. And it, so there's signs that this thing wasn't... I'm not saying we're making leaps and bounds through the first three games, but there's signs that this thing wasn't completely off the rails. And then Illinois happened. And... That it, the question at the end of the year we are going to ask is, was that the point where the wheels fell off or was that just a really ugly, ugly pimple on the season? Yeah, I'm really interested to see how the uh, the players and the staff, how they're going to respond to on Friday. That's I have reservations. You know, I mean, I, I can see it going I, a number of ways. I can see us. Winning the game, and I can see us getting really blown out in this game. I mean, and, and everywhere in between. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Well, on that note, <laughs> gosh, I mean, I'm sorry, everyone. Like, yeah, I, I know you guys are pro- and the and the reality is the fans are upset, and we're fans at heart, and we could come on here and be completely disingenuous and say, guys, it's okay. Everything is great. I think Derek and I are a little bit there, but I know we and him have doubts right now. We're, we're nervous too. Justin, God, you, you just fly off the spectrum, man. I mean, if we beat if we beat Iowa, man, you'll be ready to crown frost coach of the year. I'll tell you that, but that'd be a good feeling. That'd be a good feeling. Hey, I felt pretty good coming out of that Penn state game. I was like, you know, I mean, Mostly, I guess. <laughs> Not really. Not really, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that second half kind of uh, ruined it. At halftime, though, damn it, I was super optimistic at halftime. Well, I'll tell you this. You you wanted to crown Luke McCaffrey a Heisman contender after that first game. I never Penn did. Wanted, I've never said Heisman. I just said, you know, he all looks American, like he's the conference. guy. 
He's what? No, never said that. But yeah, I was completely wrong about that. Jesus. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's uh, go ahead and get our guest in and let's talk some Iowa. Let's try to be a little bit more positive, guys. No more Debbie Downer from you two, right? We now welcome in Jeffrey the Greek, co-host of the Eyes on Big podcast. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm having a great night. How about you, gentlemen? Oh, fantastic. Love recording. Love talking college football to cousins. Fantastic. So, your counterpart on the Eyes on Big podcast, Big Kurt, he was on the show last week for the Illinois preview. What has his reaction been to the Illinois victory last week? Lots of alcohol. Um, it's in a celebra- celebratory way. So, um, I mean, I just don't think he was expecting a win, let alone a win, you know, of, of that magnitude, you know, so he's, he's enjoyed it as he, as he should. That's why we watch college football. Well, so I had a chance to listen to your guys' segment on that last week and I listened to your whole podcast and it, it was interesting as the Illinois fan, he was a lot more pessimist on that game than you. And you're like, yeah, I think you're you're egging it on. I mean, you ultimately, I, I believe, picked Nebraska, but you were like, this this isn't a big separation. So, uh, yeah, he he was very nervous about that game. Yeah, and I think we kind of show our personalities there a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, we're both intertwined with our teams. Me, obviously, Iowa, him, Illinois. So, um, he he just he's more pessimistic about Illinois than I am because I haven't been burned by Illinois as much as he has over the years. So I think you actually, if you you listen to more and more of the podcast, you would you would pick that out. Um, some people find it funny because Kurt is obviously you know that negative about it. <laughs> right. Uh, so since you cover the Big Ten as a whole, uh, what was your assessment of the Illinois Nebraska game last week? All right. So I actually wrote down a couple things I want to preface, okay? Because uh, I interact with a lot of Nebraska fans on Twitter, and I feel like I need to put some stuff out. Otherwise, you know, you never know. Um, so I'm not a Nebraska fan, right? Um, I will have opinions on on things, but sometimes it's like somebody telling you how to raise your kids. You know, just shut up. I know how to raise my own kids. So I get that. These are just yeah. my opinions. Um, and another thing I want to say is uh, – so I got two older brothers, my middle brother, he's, he's done a good job over the years saying, you know, when things are bad, they're not as bad as they seem. When things are good, they're not as good as they seem. I try to be that person, you know, as much as I can. I think actually Kirk Ferentz is quite a bit like that. Um, I'm not saying I pull that off all the time. I'm, I am, you know, prone to emotional swings just like anybody else. But, um, so with that being said, uh, I felt with the Illinois-Nebraska game, I, I really feel like a lot of credit goes to Illinois. They had a really good game plan, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball for Illinois. Um, I'm kind of going over some stuff I did in the other podcast, but um, they had some split back stuff going on, and the whole line would move over, and you would see how much it influenced the the front seven, the D line, the linebackers would move, and they would come back on the opposite with a, a running back, and that running back would get up on a linebacker so quick and just open up the uh, hole for the second running back coming through, and it just worked. I mean, it worked great. Um, and then right when I felt like Nebraska would adjust to what they were, what Illinois was doing in the running game they'd throw it over top to a matter Bebe and he would make the play. I mean, 
that was about as good as I've seen Brandon Peters play. And it, it kind of happened to be last weekend. So further, how would you grade the assess or what's your assessment of the Nebraska football program as a whole, especially this year? I mean, what do you think of the Scott Frost era? Um, you know, it's funny. I just had a, a quick little text message back and forth with my brothers just the other day. We were talking about other things this is one of the things we brought up and we're all surprised it's Scott Frost has struggled this much. Um, I, 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 I expected more struggles that first year because I felt like I had more of a sense of how deep of a hole, you know, the former staff put, put the program into, but I just thought by now there would be more success. My thought process was by the second or third year, the offense would be humming, but the defense would be lagging behind like, uh, uh, Nebraska would be winning a lot of shootouts and losing a lot of shootouts, but I, I just don't feel like that's what we've seen. Um, I mean, I can get into details a little bit on my thoughts. I don't know how deep you guys want me to get into it. Uh, I'll, I'll add this to it. And this, this is the thing that I think is hurting Nebraska. And it's a surprise to me in the aspect that Nebraska has too many freshmen playing on offense. I talked about it earlier today on this podcast, but I, in year three, you're not expecting to be playing half your offense freshman. And that's what's going on right now. And it's, it is killing us. I, I, I feel they don't know the offense. I feel, I feel Frost is trying to get the playmakers on the field. They just don't know the offense well enough. And in this odd year of COVID where everybody was kind of limited on what they could really do. Uh, but, but, but there's no excuse. Like, you've had so much turnover over the last two years. You should have more wide receivers here. You should have some more running backs here and you just don't. Yeah. Um, I guess one thought I've had is with the Scott Frost, Chip Kelly offense. Um, and I know Frost's offense is a little bit different from Chip Kelly's. Obviously all these coaches, they start making little modifications to them to fit their personnel or to fit their personality. So but with that being said, I wonder if those schemes work in a conference like the Big Ten as much as they worked in the AAC or the Pac-12. Um, I mean, and that, and that's, really, fair. that's fair. And, and again, like that, that's where I get into the, you know, these are just my opinions type of stuff. I, I don't talk with Big Ten defensive coordinators, so I can't say, but I would be curious to talk to Big Ten defensive coordinators and get their thoughts on it. Um, like I think Adrian Martinez could probably go play right now in the AAC and light it up. It's just tougher to do. And one of the things is you have such turnover in the AAC and quite honestly, you have a lot of turnover in the PAC 12 as well with coaches and defensive coordinators moving around all the time. Okay. So every time, not every time, but often when um, a coach has success at the AAC level, they get promoted, right? They go up, you know, a D coordinator gets to be a D coordinator at the bit, you know, in, in a power five school. So you've got new defensive coordinators coming in all the time and they don't get to see these offenses over and over. Well, what do you have at Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern? You've got three defensive coordinators that have been there. I mean, Iowa and Northwestern, you could told them up to about 
40 years that they've those defensive coordinators have been there and, and Wisconsin's been there a lot as well. So when you get that familiarity from, you know, those schools towards an offense like that, it's tough to just bust out with 40 points a game versus that. And then obviously the jump up in just talent on defense, there's, there's just more talent in the big 10, the sec. And honestly, like the big 12 is getting a little bit better too than there are in those, those other conferences. So I, I think that might be one thing. Um, or it just simply comes down to quarterback play. Um, if you, if everything was about the same and, and this is just for, to have fun with it, but you switched out, if you had a little more Mariota and a little less Martinez at the quarterback position, I got to think there's a couple more wins that have happened yeah. over the last couple of years. So you talked about Adrian Martinez. He could go to a different conference and probably play. What about Luke McCaffrey? What's what are your thoughts on Luke McCaffrey thus far? Um, he should be playing his dad's position. Uh, wide receiver is my thought process. Um, but I mean, I've seen a game and a half essentially. Um, the the throwing motion doesn't look fluid. I mean, I think that's that's pretty apparent. But it take that's a hard position. That's the hardest position in sports to play. So I still feel like you got to give it a little bit more time. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, the, the Luke verdict is a little bit out. I, I know a lot of people say, play him at wide receiver, play him at wide receiver, play him at running back, wherever. It's been, he's had two starts. Like, right. um, I, I will tell you, like, I don't know who's playing quarterback Saturday against Iowa. Um, I, I have an opinion on it, but I don't know who you're going to see on Saturday or Friday, but if Luke plays, I think he could play better than he showed against Illinois. Let me ask you guys this. What quarterback do you think Iowa fans want to see? Luke McCaffrey all day. Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That, that that right there, that's something to me right there. Is that because well, of the it, Illinois it, it, game? Or is that because of, like, because you beat you're, – you're 2-0 against Adrian Martinez, right? Like, you've beaten him both the last couple of years. Last year, Adrian yeah, but, Martinez had arguably his worst game as a Husker against Iowa. So why Luke McCaffrey? Is it just the Illinois game? I mean, that's part of it, certainly. But uh, Martinez just has seen more. I, I, He definitely misses throws. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there was one in the Northwestern game that I think about in the end zone a lot. But... Um, He's made more throw. I've I've seen Martinez have more successful plays, you know, in the memory bank than I can obviously point to point to with McCaffrey. That's fair. All uh, right, let's talk about let's talk about Iowa now. Your team started off uh, 0-2 with close losses to Purdue, uh, and uh, just slipped my mind here. Northwestern. Northwestern. Yes, Northwestern. There you go. But and those were two games that uh, you blew leads in. Uh, then Iowa, they went on to blow out the next three opponents, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Penn State. So what did Iowa do to really flip the switch, so to speak? Well, it helps by playing Michigan State, Penn State, <laughs> and Minnesota. I mean, that's obviously a part of it. Um, my thought process is uh, Iowa has always been a developmental program. I thought we would be one of the programs that was best positioned with the goofy offseason and season 
But as it turns out, I think we really could have used the quote unquote preseason games. Um, Iowa typically actually looks like junk <laughs> when they play Western Michigan or whatever those first games, but they just win because they're better and they, they just get better from game one to game two. Well, game one was Purdue. Um, tons of turnovers, turned the ball over. They lost, gave up the lead. Well, game two, <laughs> they played what right now, I don't know if you saw the current rankings, is the number eighth ranked team in the country in Northwestern. I'm just saying that's a big leap in, in week two. I, I would have rather got Northwestern in week five uh, in a regular season, you know, type of deal. And with that being said, Iowa had a chance to win that game at the very end twice, you know, so it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of how the season played out. I, I, I just want to add this, this to me is what Iowa has done better in the last three games over the first two games was they quit throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Yes. They got back to running the ball, which, which friends had Brian friends. When I, when I speak of friends uh, needed to get out of his wheelhouse there and just go, okay, you know what? We've always been running team. We, we need to get back to running a game. And and Petrus is just struggling. I, 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 I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he was struggling. So 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 focus on the run game. And I think I think he he figured that out and he decided decided that was a better way to go than just let's throw the ball up every time. Because that, that's what really hurts you, especially like Northwestern. Uh, I believe you guys had three turnovers against Northwestern. Later, later, when you're when you had already taken it away tw- uh, three times and, and taken a pretty decent decent lead, uh, so so to, so to me it was more changing the offensive style a little bit there, right? And going back to what Iowa was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much I disagree with that right there. Um, they actually ran the ball really well versus Purdue. There is there is nothing at the game plan that I'd have issues with Purdue. That that literally just came down to turnovers. Like, I know those coaches preach, you know, the importance of ball security. So the, the turnovers are on the players at some point, you know, so I can't really blame that one on the coaches. The second game versus Northwestern, yeah, I mean, we threw the ball 50 times. That's just that's just not what we do. But I don't know what else to say. We felt it. You felt it. Wisconsin just felt it. That's what frickin' Northwestern does. They get you out of your comfort circle and you do stupid stuff. I can't explain it. I don't even want to talk about it because then I'll start punching the table <laughs> like that. And, and, I, and I don't understand it because they don't play good games. Like when I, it just seems like it doesn't seem like they play a great game. It always like like when Nebraska played, it was the worst offense that we really ever. Yeah, you just couldn't move the ball. And it wasn't because Northwestern was doing anything great. It was just a lot of mistakes by Nebraska. And it was the same, it was the same thing with Iowa. You know, I had, God, they, I had, they had that lead and they made so many mistakes that Northwestern just took the lead. You know who else made uh, more uncharacteristic mistakes versus Northwestern? Wisconsin. Maryland. Wisconsin. Yeah. Purdue every single team that they've played and so as a side note this is to you guys and you know any Nebraska fans listening you guys don't get it yet you you know you need to embrace the loathness for Northwestern you guys still look at them oh, like they're it. this you guys still look at them like they're this cute little program <laughs> oh. I, I, I hear it on every Nebraska podcast or person you're I right talk. you're right 
and, and these and two co-hosts do the same thing. These you, two you guys, guys do, do the same thing every year. Like, oh, you know, like I heard it all in the like, oh, well, okay, you know, like those first four games are tough, but I mean, obviously, we'll beat Northwestern. So, worst case scenario, it, it, you gotta stop it. You gotta stop it, guys. You, you gotta, you gotta understand. Like, it's been like this with Northwestern for 25 years. This isn't a, this is an established football program that's not great, but sucks to play, and it's gonna be like that for a long time. Anyways, um. But yeah, Fitzgerald ain't going anywhere and he's going to keep doing no. that. So no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, after those first two games, Iowa by and large does what they want to, you know, do is, is it's a total team concept. Uh, they don't want to put their defense in a bad spot. Um, they play great special teams. They run the ball. The passing game has, I think, incrementally gotten better each game. Petrus looked the best versus Penn State in the last game that he has all year. So, I mean, from the way it looks like, it's starting to round into what I would typically expect out of an Iowa football team. All right, Tyler. Well, that that, that kind of you, you kind of hit a couple of the things I was going to hit on you know, questions here, but let, let's just start. It, it when I think of Iowa football, you run the ball. Um, in your losses, you guys have averaged 136 yards on the ground. In your victories, you've averaged. Uh, 212 yards on the ground so it's a clear difference break down to nebraska fans what can we expect from the iowa rush in offense this saturday or this friday yeah um i tell you what i'm gonna this is like when you talked about like what to expect out of iowa and i guess we kind of touched on a little bit um so so for stats like this is something that i like there are so many differences between Iowa and Nebraska with philosophies that at some point, this is probably going to be like the styles make the fight type of deal where it goes back and forth because right now, so total offense, right? I'm, I'm kind of old school. I just go NCA stats, total offense. Iowa is 81st. Nebraska is 84th. Okay. So basically they're both 370 some yards a game. It's, it's about even here's where the stark difference comes in. Nebraska is 112th in scoring offense at 20 points per game, and Iowa's 46th at 31 points per game. So what what does that come from? Because that's when you flip it over to the other side with defense. Iowa is 16th in total defense, 8th in scoring, 14 points a game. Nebraska is 84th and 78th, so 32 points per game. That is that's the philosophy like trust me there are times after an Iowa game where tons of Iowa fans are saying oh like we're frustrated with the offense we want to see more out of the offense but generally speaking what doesn't happen from the offense is them turning the ball over or having short field issues we have a good punter and I know it's a joke punting is winning at Iowa like I I get it but in in the end it does become a thing because the field position battle mixed with that defense, you got to play, you got to play that game for 60 minutes versus Iowa. Um, That that's what they're doing this year. And and I I know that was kind of long winded, but that's what I expect to see is more of that. Um, I don't expect a blowout unless Nebraska plays awful um, because that's just, that's just not how it's going to be set up to play. So, so with, with, with going, 
you're exactly right. And you just classified what Nebraska and probably every Big Ten team thinks of Iowa. It is they they aren't going to beat themselves. They're 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 Big Ten. They are they are what the national media mocks Big Ten football for being. Uh, it's Bingo. not. It's, it, Bingo. It, it, that they are that that is the brand. And so, but but the, their offense again. They they have started to establish the run um, over the last few weeks, and Nebraska cannot stop the run. So you talk about the field position. You talk about all of that. When you look at just that aspect of the game, are you licking your chops right now? Like what Iowa can do against Nebraska, or is there any concern about what we can do to stopping the run? Um, I mean, licking our chops. If Iowa looks like it has the last couple weeks, and if Nebraska looks like they have the last couple weeks, yes. But um, we see these college football teams change from week to week. Um, I tried to kind of talk about Illinois because. Um, actually to bring this all together, I think of, I think it was 2018, maybe even 17. I can't remember Northwestern lit us up for like 35 points in a game. It just came out of nowhere. They had a completely different game plan and the final score was like 35 to 31. I'm kind of making that up. That was what it looked like to me last week with Illinois versus Nebraska. Like I think Illinois put some wrinkles in there and really surprised them, okay? I don't think that's going to apply this week with Iowa and Nebraska. Nebraska is going to know what they expect from Iowa. I don't think there's going to be a big shift in the game plan. It's going to be, can you stop it? And maybe even more accurately, can you consistently stop it? Which to me doesn't spell out, you know, blowout in any capacity, it's 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 just going to be we're going to do what we're going to do. You try to stop it. So so if Nebraska's going to win on Saturday, I, I've got three things we've got to do. But on the defensive side, we've got to make Iowa throw the ball. And 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 I want to give you a couple stats, and you can steal these for your podcast, and uh, by all means. So <laughs> okay. li- a little known fact about Nebraska is we are tied for the lead in the Big Ten in her quarterback hurries. Okay. Okay. We had zero against Ohio State. So you take out that game, like we are getting pressure on the quarterback, okay? Iowa has given up the second most sacks in the Big Ten. Obviously, the struggles um, passing is kind of known. Iowa has not been a very effective passing, I think the lowest completion percentage, lower passer efficiency in the Big Ten. I think our secondary is our strongest unit. How do you assess that matchup if Nebraska can force Iowa into throwing the ball? I mean, I definitely agree. If if any team can force Iowa into consistently needing to throw the ball, so what I would say third and seven plus, um, yes, that that will obviously bode well. Um, I actually I I actually picked Penn State to beat Iowa in an upset last week because I thought Penn State's defense was stout enough from actually what I saw the week before against Nebraska that they would have the ability. Because, I mean, honestly, I thought Penn State looked good up front versus versus Nebraska. They just they just gave the ball away. Um, but but what happened is I would just they just ran it all over Penn State as well. So it became a moot point. Eventually, somebody is going to stop Iowa from running the ball and that will cause issues for Iowa. The question is, will it be this Friday? Derek. All right. 
okay, for, before we get into the defense, I, I want to talk coaching here. And there was uh, it's, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation, I guess, in the end. But there was a lot of accusations going against some uh, some of the Iowa coaches this uh, off season. Uh, some some racism comments being made. Uh, you know that that was that seemed like it was a really big issue for a little while, and then all of a sudden it kind of just uh, the football season started. Is there still a problem with this? Not necessarily in the program, but I mean, is this still uh, going? Is this still being talked about in the Iowa? land or is this kind of going away I, 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 know, I, I, I know i'm sorry i know kirk ferentz is doing his best to kind of uh take it notch it down and and i i don't have a problem with kirk ferentz but is, is his job still iffy at this point uh kirk ferentz uh i think yeah, is I just fine um, you know, I'm looking at this from the eyes of a 40 year old white dude. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm not, I, I have strong ties still to the program. And I can say for a fact that the players and the coaches of which a numerous of them are not, you know, white 40 year old guys, um, they still very much believe in coach Ferentz. Um, there were changes that need to be made we made them now, you know, if, I, if, I, if you ask me the question, I'll give you the answer. The whole point that we're trying to do here, right. Society speaking is find a problem and fix it. Well, Iowa addressed it. I mean, if you, if you're going to point out the flaws of somebody, give them the chance to correct it and move forward instead of canceling them out. And I believe that's what coach Ferentz has done. Chris Doyle, by and large, was an a-hole. Um, I you can you can be that way under the guise of a strength and conditioning guy because that builds toughness. But there is a line that you can't cross. And in my you know humble opinion, he crossed it. He was let go. The program has learned. There's there's you know people put in leadership uh, positions inside the program that weren't there before. Um, start out zero and two. Things could have caved in. They didn't. Why? Because of leadership. And I believe that still starts with Coach Ferentz. And it still, I believe, can be that way in the future. But he's not a spring chicken, right? So he's not going to be doing this forever. Um, do I feel better about him being the coach next year now than I did after Northwestern? Absolutely. I mean, winning, <laughs> winning is the ultimate deodorant. I mean, it is the ultimate deodorant. Um, so yes, I, I do believe that plays into it. I, I think we just still got to give the season more time to play out. All right. That's fair. Uh, so let's get into this defense and, and this defense does scare me because your stats are wonderful. And uh, it, what scares me most about Iowa right now is the defensive line. Man, you guys, and it's and it's a consistent thing. Like it's over the years, you guys always have a great defensive line. Uh, you have Davian Nixon, is that right? Yep. And Zach Van Van Valkenburg. Okay, sorry, I have terrible names. I'm gonna That's some big names. Some big ones there. He butchers all of them. Chauncey Chauncey Golston. There you go. Nailed that one. All right. 
So, okay, out of those guys, you got a total of 10 and a half sacks and 21 t- t- tackles for loss. Uh, God, these guys are just disruptive. Uh, yeah, um, and the funny thing is the defensive line was going to take a quote-unquote step back this year because A.J. Epinesa left. Uh, the year before, the defensive line was going to quote-unquote take a step back. The year before that, the defensive line was I, – I know I'm kind of being, you know, puffy chesty here, but I have been hearing about the Iowa defense taking a step back for about seven years in a row now, and it always kind of looks – the same um and and on paper it's hard not to look at it and go well they lost a really good player it's gonna be hard to replace him yeah and yet you still find ways to replace him and it's not really with high recruited athletes it's just with and i think that's where the problem is is it's all in development definitely development david nixon was pretty highly sought after dude um iowa wrestled him away from alabama through the juco ranks um, but the rest of the guys, yeah, for sure. I mean, Chauncey Golston, um, pretty sure he was just a three-star. There is a there is a front seven. I mean, there's a there's a tradition with the whole defense. I mean, the secondary at one point had four of the previous eight Big Ten defensive backs of the year. We're literally talking about 50% of the D-backs of the year over an eight-year period. Those guys are all over in the NFL, too. Phil Parker, our defensive coordinator, obviously has a game plan. He has an ability to relate that to the the players. They respond and play well. I mean, it's just it's been one of the more consistent things in this league for quite some time. All right. Oh, yeah. And, and my, my, I guess my thing with the defensive line is they create so much havoc that uh, I, I right now Iowa has like fourteen takeovers. Uh, four, four, uh, they had two against Minnesota, three against Michigan State, uh, three against uh, Northwestern, and two against Purdue. Uh, like they're they're creating so much havoc right now that they can just take the ball away at will. What 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 does Nebraska do at this point to try and slow them down? Or is there anything they can do with with two or three freshmen on the line? So you're talking what Nebraska's offense can do to offset the turnovers that Iowa's defense creates. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I mean, throughout this year, you know, even you look at Ohio state, um, I think they ran the ball pretty well versus Penn state. I mean, Nebraska's running the ball pretty well. Um, I know from reading Twitter and having a couple conversations that Nebraska fans are sick of seeing the quarterback blast over and over again and certainly you can't do that the whole year you know you're going to kill your quarterback in this league but that that might be one of the best things to do this week um because because i would stay away from third and seven plus against this defense if it had i i would play field position ball if i if i was nebraska because i you don't want to get behind the chains and I just don't think there's a quarterback on the Nebraska roster right now that you want dropping back to to pick apart this defense. It, it's just it's not a good recipe for Nebraska the rest of the year, especially versus somebody like Iowa. 
right. Well, well, one last question on the defense here. Uh, if there's one struggle I've found with uh, with Iowa, it's been your third down defense. You've given up 43% on, on third downs. And, and while Nebraska has not done well on offense with third downs, uh, what, what's what's going on that you guys have this great defense and you've created so much havoc, but you've struggled so much on third downs? I think if you asked our staff, it would be a, a, a risk-reward thing. Um, we're also blitzing a little bit more than we have in the past. Those blitzes are getting home. I mean, they're getting home at a pretty good rate, and that's why you see all the stats that you already listed off for tackles for loss and sacks. But, you know, nobody does this thing perfectly, right? This is this is a complicated game and, and, and a really good league to do it in. So sometimes you're going to be a little bit susceptible. I mean, we don't have, you know, a bunch of Deion Sanders running around the backfield. Um, um, you know, if, if you can get a step on the D-backs, I think sometimes there can be plays made there. They're not going to typically be big plays because we're really good at keeping the top on the defense. But, you know, the the middle tends to be available in, in the Iowa defense. All right, so – uh, Nebraska fans have been critical about the quarterback run, like you mentioned, you know, Luke McCaffrey, 26 runs last week, but you're saying for Nebraska fans, you know, look forward, forward to the quarterback run against Iowa on Friday, right? Name the Nebraska running back on the team that I should be scared of right now as an Iowa fan. There isn't one. That's the, I mean, that's I'm just at some point as a, uh, as a coordinator, you, 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 you go to what works. Yeah, that's that is scary right there. Uh, I don't even know if I should ask this question here, but you know it's asked every year for uh, what Nebraska calls Iowa Hate Week. Is this a rivalry or not, in your eyes? Um, <laughs> By the way, you in, laugh. You say no. <laughs> well, we're in the same division. We share a border. There's absolutely no denying that the fan bases are antagonistic towards each other. <laughs> Those sure seem like all the hallmarks of a rivalry. Um, with that being said, um, there just hasn't been that moment yet. Um, that's going to be what it takes to just, you know, put this thing into orbit. Um, Iowa was ranked in the top six or seven in 2015 when we played Nebraska, but Nebraska wasn't, you know, Um Last year, Iowa was ranked uh, 2018. Iowa finished the season ranked during all those years. Just, you know, I, you know, I don't know what to say. Nebraska wasn't very good, you know, and I was one five in a row. And some of those are blowouts. Like it's going to take Iowa being something like 10 and one and Nebraska being nine and two. And the winner goes to Indianapolis. I mean, you got yourself a rivalry type of game right there when that happens. Um, and we just, I, I, I have yeah, to say, when yeah. I open that, I get what you're saying. Sorry, you cut out there, Derek. Uh, so let's get into the round of score predictions. Uh, I want to see how you see this game plays out and uh, give us your score prediction. Yeah, um, real quick, can I, can I just ask you guys a question live on the podcast? Um, so. Yeah. Okay, I just like to say it's it was great to see Colin Miller, you know, tweeting and sounds like he's okay, but I'm assuming he's out this week. The anticipation is he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, Frost didn't say that. He said it'd be unlikely to see him play again this year. Okay. 
spinal concussion. That's what I was heard. I heard. That's that's what they're saying. I, I didn't know you could have a concussion in your spine. I did not know that either. That that was another shitty thing I've learned in 2020. You know, like when you <laughs> never stops. Um, and then how about Luke Reimer? Is he? What's his status? He's fine. Sounds like he's fine. He was he's a little fine. dinged up, but I think he's okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say, I mean, those two both being out, I thought that's huge. Um, Colin Miller being out alone is is you know enough. But um, again, I mean, I think I kind of so I haven't. I've got a process I go through. I just haven't gone through it yet. So I'm gonna have to give you kind of a, a range on what this is. Because and and then tune into the Eyes on Big podcast. We'll probably release that Wednesday night or Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday, for you to listen to anybody traveling. Um, but I, I, I tend to believe this will be a little bit more low scoring than maybe the experts think, or what a lot of people will predict. Um, I still believe there have been improvements on the Nebraska defense as compared to previous years. Um, so I, I, I think that will look a little bit better this week. I think Iowa will be somewhere in the 23 to 30 point range okay and i think nebraska would be somewhere in the 17 to 24 point range so something like something like 28 to 20 i think is probably what i'm going to go with so that's a that's a nebraska cover with the points a little bit closer but iowa wins the game okay tyler what about you what's your score prediction here well the last two years uh both came down to a field goal um, you know, I think our kicking game has gotten a lot better, which gives Nebraska faith, uh, faith, but you guys may have the best kicker in the big 10. Uh, Duncan has crushed the souls of Nebraska the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's funny. You said that I, I actually have the exact same score prediction. I have Iowa winning 28 to 20. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I did say I have three keys. If Nebraska is going to win, these three things have to happen. One, we have to find a way to slow down the run game. Two, we have to play both quarterbacks. Okay, we are – our quarterbacks are wildcat quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, they could pass a little bit. If you're going to run your quarterback 30 times, rotate them like you would running backs. Like, you, if you do that, keep their legs fresh. I think you're going to get more success. And number three is Wandell Robinson. Last year, Nebraska, um, Iowa didn't really have to face Wandell. He was banged up, played a couple series, was out of that game. He has got to be explosive with the ball. It's not about his touches. It's not about his over yards. You need to see big plays from him out of the backfield. I, I'm not putting a yards on him, but I'm saying you need to see 15 yards a touch from him. If Nebraska does those three things, I think we can win this game. I just don't believe that number one on that quarterback, that Frost has shown any sign that he is willing to run a true two quarterback system. Maybe he does against Iowa and Furthermore, you mentioned Colin Miller being out. I just don't know if we're going to be able to get you off the ball, um, off the field with the running game. So 28-20, Iowa, I hope I'm wrong. Derek? I I, I think last week was a bit of an anomaly. I, I don't think Nebraska was as bad as they looked in that Illinois game. Uh, I, I agree with Mr. Jeffrey here that Illinois came out with a very good game plan. Uh, I, I, I don't believe that – Illinois was better than Nebraska. They played better, but I, I do see improvements on this team as a whole throughout the season. Uh, Iowa's a really good team, and it's going to be tough to move the ball on them, but I think Nebraska will find a way to do that a little bit. 
Uh, I do think the defense done enough to, to to prove to me that they have improved. And I, I think they're going to find a way to stop at Iowa a little bit here. And, they're gonna, and if Iowa turns into a passing team, I, I think that's going to kill them. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Nebraska 24 to 23. I knew you would come through and pick Nebraska. I just knew it. I am different here. Uh, I think what we saw there with Illinois was really troubling for uh, the in year three, uh, midway through the season. And uh, that was just a really, as a big eye opener to me, that this program is nowhere near where it needs to be. Nebraska's trending down. Iowa, they're trending up. That defense is just so stout. Nebraska struggles to score points, you know, against Illinois. Uh, you know, I mean, so I think this is uh, not going to be pretty for Nebraska fans, especially coming off of a short week like this. Uh, I think Iowa routes Nebraska 45 to 20. Oh. It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be some more tears in my beer on Friday. More tears, I swear. So. All right. Uh, all right. Jeffrey, before we get out of here, go ahead and throw out your uh, Twitter handle and plug your podcast again. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek on Twitter. Kurt is Big Kurt. That's B-1-G-K-U-R-T. Uh, you can find either one of us and then just look for the eyes on big. So E-Y-E-S on B-1-G. Um, we cover all 14 teams. Uh, we try to cover each one of them as equally as possible. Ohio State down to Rutgers. Um, and we will do a uh, breakdown of each game during this during the week and then a post view of each game during the week as well during the season. Uh, love interactions, negative or positive. Uh, we'd love if we'd love if you check it out. I, I will uh, say to anyone listening, I, I've listened to a lot of Big Ten podcasts, a lot of podcasts in general. Um, you guys do a great job. Um, kudos, I, we loved having you on. Um, I, you're as one of my favorite listens. So kudos to you and keep sure. doing what you guys are doing. Thank you yeah, so much. Back at you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, hopefully you come back soon. So good luck, sure. but not too much luck this weekend. Yeah, I understand. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. All right, guys, it's time for Games of the Week. Uh, let's see here. All these games are going to be straight up, not against the spread. Let's update. Let's see here. Last week I went three and three. Derek went three and three. Tyler, you had a great week at five to one. So that puts you in the standings now at 36 and 19. Uh, I am next in line, 33 and 22. And Derek, 32 and 23. So all that progress that we made, Derek, we lost it this past week. So yeah. shit, shit happens, right? It happens. And you know what? I don't think there's going to be any progress here unless uh, Tyler makes some stupid ass picks because the slate this week is not very impressive. It's not, it's not really a great not. batch of games. It might be fun to watch some of these, but picking these games, not really. All right. So the first game, which is probably the best game. I should, should have probably done this one last, but number 15, Iowa state at number 20, Texas. Texas is one and a half point favorites. Derek. All right. I, I'm, well, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to leave with, I, I think Texas wins this game. I think, I think Ellinger is still better than Purdy is. Uh, here was a surprising stat for me. And I, I don't know if you guys realize this. Did you know that 
Ellinger is leading Texas with 323 yards rushing this year. No. I, I found that crazy. Like, you don't expect a Texas quarterback to run, yet alone be their leading rusher. Who was the last quarterback to do that? Was it Vince Young at Texas? Probably. Yeah, it has to be about. I thought that was strange. And it's not like he's killing it. I mean, 323 yards. I don't know how many games they played off the top of my head. but All right. Uh, so you got Texas, Tyler? I'm going to go Iowa State in this game. Um, yeah, Justin, you're right. This is up there for me as game of the week. It's a highly competitive um, you know, Texas has done well scoring the ball, but I think Iowa State's defense is just a tad better. Um, I mean, we'll see. This, this is a coin flip. I think I'm still not buying the Tom Herman experience down there. I think this is a game that Texas needs to win. I think if they lose this game, there might be a little bit more uh, uh, clamors. I, I like Iowa State in this game. I, I'm taking Texas in this game, mainly because it's just at home. Uh, I was... Kind of, kind of impressed. Not impressed, but I think Texas—they've been playing a little bit better ball lately. Uh, maybe they got something going. I don't know. We'll, we'll see here. Uh, hate Texas though. All right, let's go to Notre Dame minus five at North Carolina. Derek. Notre Dame all the way. Yeah, I, I do not believe North Carolina's got the defense to slow down Notre Dame, and. Notre Dame's got a good enough defense to stop North Carolina a little bit. I, I I don't see this game really being very close at all. I think Notre Dame runs away with it. All right, Tyler. Uh, to me, this is the game of the weekend. I think North Carolina is going to give uh, Notre Dame everything they can handle. Um, ultimately, I don't think it'll be enough. Uh, um, Derek, you kind of hit that. Uh, Notre Dame probably is just a little bit more of a complete team. I, there's just something about Notre Dame that I'm not completely buying um, stock in. Like I just I feel like I've Notre seen Dame. yeah I've seen this movie before. Like I wouldn't be shocked if North Carolina won. Um, the same token, I, I'm just I'm not quite ready to go out on that limb. I'm not impressed by North Carolina. Uh, I kind of like Notre Dame at minus five, but I got to say Notre Dame being number two in the country, the uh, the the playoff. Uh, college football playoff committee they released their first poll of the year uh just right before we got on here and uh notre dame they're number two not that it's a huge surprise but god they got to be one of the worst number twos in the playoff committee in their initial polls since they've started releasing them right it's got to be the lowest no i the worst i mean are you impressed by notre dame a little bit. They got to win over Clemson. Like they've played a bunch of AC. I mean, they played the same. I mean, essentially same schedule Clemson's playing. Would Notre Dame have beaten? They have to win over. Would Notre Dame have beaten Clemson with? Uh, had Trevor Lawrence been playing? I, I we'll see. We'll find out in the championship game. But I don't know because it's not like Clemson's defense stopped Notre Dame at all. No, it it no. definitely did not. I mean, Notre Dame won that line of scrimmage. I heard a great stat and has nothing to do with Notre Dame, but it has to do with Clemson. Clemson has not won a game since Halloween. Like, it is Thanksgiving weekend coming around. They have not won a game since Halloween. That's because of all the cancellations and everything. 
Like, it's a weird year for college football. They're number three. They haven't won a game in a month almost, and they, they're number three in the country. Weird, weird season. Wow. Uh, okay. I, I have Notre Dame as well, uh, mainly because this, this is a bet against North Carolina. Maryland at Indiana, Derek. May I tell you what? I, I'm impressed with what Maryland's done. I know they haven't played for a couple of weeks with the whole COVID issues. Uh, Indiana's coming off a tough loss where they scored 35 points against Ohio State. I, I don't think Ohio. I don't think Maryland's got a good enough defense to stop Indiana, but Maryland's going to put some points up. And I think this is going to be a really close game with Indiana pulling out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I, I, I think that you look at this game, Indiana, man, they made Justin Fields last weekend look not great. I mean, he they had multiple turnovers. I think three interceptions is what they got on him. Made him look normal. Indiana, I think, is a way better team than Maryland, but how much of a hangover do they have? I, I think that this game is going to be close. I'm with Derek, but I just... I think Indiana, they're just, they played so well this season. I just can't imagine the wheels falling off after that Ohio State game. I'm going to go Indiana, but I, I think this is close. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, but I think Maryland could score some points on this defense. It, it's not enough to win it, but I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. If, really if Indiana plays like they did against Ohio State, if they come out with that same thing, they'll, be, they'll cover. I just don't think you're going to see that Indiana two weeks in a row. Is this the point where a Mike Loxley team falls apart now? I mean, we've seen it in the past. You know, last year, all of a sudden, they look like they're, they have the best offense in the country, and then they just turn to shit. Is this a? Yeah, they never had a. They never had a quarterback like they do now. Yeah, Tagovailoa is good. He is. Uh, they haven't played in what? Since, I think November seventh was their last game. Uh, so. The ass kicking against Penn State. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and everybody's beaten Penn State. Even Nebraska beat Penn State. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, they, I'm. They beat Penn State the worst. They beat Penn State the worst. Yeah, they they gave it to him. That that was really impressive. But Mike Loxley, he has he's good for a couple of games like that a year. And I'm going to give this to Indiana all the way. I think this is where. Uh, Maryland turns into a pumpkin. It's 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 over. So not not jumping off the Maryland bandwagon. You guys can call me out next week when I jump back on. All right, number eleven Northwestern. I guess number eight in this college football playoff committee. I didn't update all these. Uh, Thirteen and a half point favorites at Michigan State. Derek. Northwestern and they cover. Michigan State doesn't score a point in this game. Tyler. Full take. Um, I disagree with you, Derek. I think Michigan State covers this game. The problem with Michigan State here is they are a turnover machine. And obviously that's bad, but I don't think Michigan State's actually a good team. I really wish we would have seen the Michigan State-Maryland game last weekend. Um, I think that could have been a really intriguing matchup. I think Michigan State could give Northwestern a game. Northwestern's offense isn't super explosive. Um uh, Michigan State is a good enough defense. I think this is a game, um, but no, Northwestern will win. I mean, the- here's the thing: you want to talk about turnovers? So this was this is my stat of the game here. Northwestern is 
fourth in the country in turnover margin at plus with plus eight and one point six per game. Uh, Michigan State, one hundred and twenty fifth at minus nine and minus two point two five. They are averaging <laughs> two and a quarter turnovers a game, and the turnover margin, like, and they're facing one of the best teams to take it away. That that's why Michigan State. I'd be surprised if they even score a point in this game is because they're going to turn the ball over probably 14 times in this game. A lot of those turnovers happened against in their opener against Rutgers, though. Not, yeah, but they had just – they Iowa. Had, Like, at Iowa had a lot. Yeah. They had a lot last week. Like, they're just turning over every week. Like, I get they had seven of them against, no, but against uh, Rutgers, but it's every week they're turning over two, three times a game. Except ne- – hey, Nebraska only had two. I think I think that's maybe the worst game they had all year in turnover. So, what do you mean had two? No, I, I Nebraska no, we talk, had two. I'm talking. I was talking Michigan State still, but oh, Nor- Northwestern they turn it over. That's the whole thing. That's the crazy thing about it. They turn it over plenty. They just grab that many more. Yeah. Now I'm. I got Northwestern also. Uh, Derek, I think that's pretty interesting of you. You think it's going to be a shutout? Would not be shocked if it was. That that defense, God, that is a good defense right there. Hey, did, didn't uh, Iowa shut them out? I thought did they? I thought Michigan State scored a touchdown. No, they didn't. I th- well, was it seven? Didn't they score seven in that game? I know was Minnesota it? was thirty-five to seven. I can't remember who just shut out Michigan State. Anyway, let's go on. All right, Auburn at Alabama. Is this going to be an Iron Bowl for the ages, Derek? God no. Uh, Alabama is going to just destroy Auburn. I don't. I not. I am not convinced Auburn's even a good team. I'm. I'm shocked. I mean, they're they are five and two, but they are the worst five and two team. Weren't you guys shocked? I mean, we're all picking Bama here. I mean, let's get Bama, Bama, Bama. Weren't you guys shocked that Auburn's ranked right now? Like, yeah. where the hell have I been this college football season? Five and two. Like, I I mean, I I, I looked them up and I was like, oh, they have won some games. I, like, I, think, that, I think they beat YMCA twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alabama should definitely roll in, in that one. Uh, all right. So let's get our best bets. I hit last week. Derek hit last week. Tyler, what did you do last week? I picked a game that got canceled. Your game got canceled again last week? <laughs> Jeez. I So, guys, a little bit behind the scenes here. Um, we, we always talk about this. I'm like, I don't even know if my best bet hit when we were talking about this. And then I had to go back to the last podcast to listen. And... Because I, I didn't, I mean, nothing happened. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> another flipping game got canceled. So apparently that's my strategy here to lot, not lose you guys any money <laughs> is all my games just get canceled. It's pretty good. So I'm three and six on the air. Derek, you're six, three and one. And Tyler, I don't know what you are since uh, uh, you're, I'm still you're ahead of you. You're not very good. You are not very good. Uh, Better than you. All right. So let's get into our best bets. All right, best bet to you, Tyler. Okay, my best bet is going to be Oklahoma State minus 11 against Texas Tech. Okay, 
Texas Tech is 0-5 in, in their last five road games against the spread. I, th- I know a lot of people saw last week Oklahoma State struggled, um, but I-, I think that this week Oklahoma State finds their way and they blow out Texas Tech. I like Oklahoma State big. All right, Derek, best bet to you. All right, I'm going to go with a game we've already talked about again, and I am going to talk about another over, and I'm going to take the over in a Maryland-Indiana game. I, I said it before when we was talking about it. I think Maryland's offense is good enough to score a lot of points on Indiana. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. Uh, Maryland doesn't really have a good defense, so Indiana will score some points. So I'm going to take the over at 62 and a half. All right. Uh, best bet to me, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to take one for the team here. My best bets haven't been that great this year. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to take uh, Iowa minus 13 and a half against Nebraska. If I miss this one, at least Nebraska uh, kind of plays great. But I see Iowa kind of running away with this. I saw when that line hit 13 and a half the other day. I kind of jumped on it because a lot of that had to do with a little heat of the moment thing. I was still furious off the Illinois loss. So I'm going to, I'm just going to ride that bet out. So I'm taking Iowa minus 13 and a half. Uh, Thoughts. I hate your bet, Justin. I know. I mean, I I knew you would, but you know, I mean, I I don't fare too well, so it's gotta be good, right? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. So I think our down, honestly, the reason why we lost last weekend is because Justin picked Nebraska to win. Um, Whenever Justin goes against the Huskers, it's good. Whenever he's on the Nebraska bandwagon, bad signs ahead. All right. So see, I'm doing us a service, right? Thank you for donating your money to help (laughs) Husker Nation. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks again to Jeffrey the Greek from Eyes on Big Podcast for joining us to talk Iowa. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Touchdown! Frost scores another touchdown! His third.